This is Unleashing Leadership, and I'm your host, Travis Moss, and welcome to Simon Sinek Meets David Goggins. And as I told you when I started this season, as I'm preparing for this episode, my company is actually launching our Infinite Game Project. You know, the one where I take all the cynicisms that the uh, skeptics and uh, people talking trash against Simon's work, I'm taking those cynicisms and I'm using them on my own team. And then I'm going to report back to you on how that's working. And our first meeting for the project kickoff is called Just Cause. And basically what I've done is I've worked with our project group to define finite and infinite and to establish a difference between a why and a just cause. And the reason why we are doing this is because we are looking at what it is that we think we are about and then comparing that to the five pillars of what a just cause is. And I don't want to be a spoiler, so I'm just going to stop there. But during the initial kickoff, we had some great discussion, and I had a very interesting realization. Last season, we did a quote day where I referenced a David Goggins quote. And I mentioned that I would be reading one of his books and reporting back. And here's my first report back, and it's in concert with our Infinite Game work. A question came up about why we shouldn't strive to define a just cause for every individual person. And we're talking specifically about our clients and our employees in this regard. And I think that that was, it's really an absolutely noble and inspiring interest. But when I coupled Simon's work with David's work, I was hit with a really strong realization. I'm talking like the hit in the face stops you in your tracks. You can't go any further hit. And this is where I think it's so important. You know, when we when we are trying to push the boundaries, when we're learning or when we think we're really good, that we continue to learn, we need to bring in as many different perspectives as possible. We need to layer them on top of each other and see, you know, which experiences take us in which directions and how they go together. You know, who's tried what and what were the outcomes? Because... Um, one of the things that I've learned from David Goggins is work can't hurt me. And this is going to sound somewhat unfortunate, but I think it is true. And I think in our heart of hearts, we know it's true. Is that most people are not in a mental position to actually own their own just cause. And I'm not talking, for, you know, joining a just cause movement, right? Um, having the same just cause as their company, like like buying into that. I'm talking about singular it's just you, which I'm not necessarily certain fundamentally can actually work because being about just you is not inclusive. But let's assume that there is a concept where there could be my own personal just cause. That's, I think, kind of where we wanted to go with this. A just cause is about the future. It's about what isn't, but what could be. And so everybody could say, I am brave enough to just look forward to the future. I'm going to move on specific today from where I am about this cause in the future. Um, and in order, though, to own that, you have to completely reconcile your past. You have to own your past, too. 
You can't hide it. You can't put it in a box and pretend it doesn't exist. You, you have to take where you come from and let that be a part of who you are going forward, which means you have to stare down your personal issues and your demons, the darkness in your heart, right? The places that you thought you moved on from, but they always come back and they sabotage you going forward. Sometimes we say, oh, you know, I've forgiven and I've moved on. Well, you've moved on. Forgiveness isn't always, I'll ignore that it happened. Different episode for a different day, but what I'm talking about is coming to grips with who you are, where you come from, what you are, what you need to personally do to get to where you want to go. Because you, And here's why it's easier for a business. It's easier for a collective group of people to help hold each other accountable to say, you know, what happened in the past, those people aren't even here anymore. Or we're going to reset the policy or we're not going to blame it on anybody. When you're talking about yourself, though, it's you, man. You, It's, it's only you. You can't blame it on anybody else if you're going to move forward. Everything is you. There's no help coming from anybody else. You may even have to do stuff in spite of other people to 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 fortify yourself. And I don't think most people are prepared for this. And we'll leave the reasons of that for a future episode. Maybe we'll do David's some of David's work. Human nature, though, as it is, compels people still to have a drive to be a part of something that's bigger than them, that's noble, that's inspiring. People are craving inspiration. They're craving it because they're saying, I don't want to deal with the heavy shit. I want inspiration. Maybe I'll be able to deal with the heavy shit if I can get inspired by you. It's easier to grab onto a, a group's just cause. There's strength in numbers. I'm not alone. It's easier to believe in someone or something or a group of someone's and where they're going. I can feel like maybe I'm reconciling some of my past because I'm working towards something so good in the future type of thing. It allows people to feel fulfillment without dealing with some of their own issues in the past. And I think that that's where some of Simon's concept with will versus resources come in. And so the whole point of our episode today is actually will versus resources. Simon talks about the will and resources of the competition. And he says, instead of playing to beat the competition, you need to play it out, live the competition. After all, this isn't what he said, but this is... My perspective, if you're the last player on the field, you get all the spoils, right? So a final parallel to David Goggins' work, he talks about taking souls. I know it sounds dark. It's not. Go read the book. You'll appreciate it. Taking souls means breaking the competition. It means outlasting them. It means taking every best shot they have and smiling back. You just keep on keeping on until the competition runs out of resources. Because the vast majority of companies run only on resources. People are there because they're getting paid. And there's a finite amount of money and there's a finite amount of personnel and there's a finite amount of time. However, there are also companies out there with an advantage. There are companies that when things get tough, the employees don't run away. When things get tough, the employees double down. If you don't believe me, Read some of Ben Horowitz's books. We've talked about him in the past. See my reading list. He'll give you some real life examples of people walking through the fire to fi- to follow that man's vision. 
When an employee doubles or triples down, that's what we're going to call will. And there is nothing that a competitor can do to compete with will other than to match it one for one. And the bigger the company, actually, probably the more they have to match it because let's say that you have a thousand employees and you only have 10 that really have will for the company. They're really committed. Ten, well, let's say 10%. So you have 100. That 100 has to fight 900 other people. They have to deal with 900 other people that don't give a damn why they're there and what they're doing. They're just collecting a paycheck. Let's say that you had 100 employees and all 100 are bought in. All 100 are, are giving will to the company. There's no distraction there. That is, I mean, that is a hypersonic missile is what you've created. It's going to bust through walls. Employees giving their will to a company is like people going to war for their country. They are so committed to go further for their cause because if they don't, what happens to whatever is precious to them? The will of employees and the will of customers is the most powerful thing that a company can have or that a leader can have. Because money's going to come and go. There's going to be times you feel rich and there's going to be times where you feel broke. Market's going to go up and down. There's going to be volatility. But people who are willing to go to bat for what they believe in, even when there are other short-term, let's say, grass is greener opportunities, that is what makes something special. A business with limited resources, limited money, limited technology, limited staffing, whatever, can still beat the biggest companies in the world if it has the collective will between their employees and their customers to weather proverbial storm. And this is where the whole customer part comes in. Maybe you have 50 employees and the competition's got 1,000. But all 50 are really bought in. And maybe you have a 1,000 customers and all 1,000 customers are really bought in. So that means you have 1,050. If the competition is 1,000 employees and 10% are bought in, they, yeah, they've got 100 people. But if their customers aren't bought in, it's 1,050 to 100. And remember that other 100, they're fighting not only the other 900 people in the company that aren't bought in, but they're fighting with the customers who aren't bought in. You have a huge advantage. Think for a moment. Why don't the top payrolls in baseball win the World Series every year? How is it that startups survive uber competitive markets against financial giants to become financial giants themselves? They've got more will. They outlast them. They weather the storm. They go through the darkest days. They walk in the rain. You can spend all the money in the world and you're still going to be dust if you cannot attract the will of others. Will is commitment. Will is passion. It's desire. It's need. It's the oxygen to the fire. And people have it and they desperately want to give it. Because when they give it, they belong to something. They can look forward to the future and what it could be. They can have support and strength from others. 
The question is, is do you have a cause that is worthy enough to receive somebody else's will?